The following program contains comic mischief commonly found in PG-rated family-friendly films. It does not necessarily represent the values of this station. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. That's M-A-G-I podcast.com. Previously on the show, the three Magi found themselves stranded and lost in the bitter cold with John, an angel of time, by their side. Chapter 6, Troubleshooting Mode. So now boxes and clothes are strewn all over the road shoulder. Katie's car is parked with its hazard lights blinking lazily in the light snowfall. We find David cleaning out the back seat, stuffing fast food wrappers into a plastic bag. Wrapped up in blankets, the three magi warm up in the back seat. Baz is conscious now, but shivering and fragile. John collapses into the front passenger seat. Look who it is. Uh, you probably have a few questions. <laughs> After stuffing a backpack into the trunk, David tries to close the lid, but it's too full. Katie helps him. They push together and get it to latch. Taking a beat, they lean against the tired old car. David, are we crazy? He shrugs with a genuine smile. Maybe a little crazy is okay. She squeezes her son's shoulder, then rounds the car to the driver's door, but doesn't enter just yet. David climbs in the rear passenger door. Katie looks back at their abandoned TV, sitting in the snow on the road shoulder. <laughs> why, why is this window down? It's so cold. Quite easily, John rolls up the passenger side window that was broken seconds before. I'm John, by the way. Wait, you're David. I'm David. You're the reason I'm here in the first place. This is the kid. This is the kid, you guys. The kid who what? Right. This is just my thing. On the subject of your things, any way you can angel magic us back to our own time, pal? Oh, unfortunately not. Well, well I, I, I can take you back, but not right now. My, my time orb is drained. You see this thing? John produces his time orb and then ejects the power source, the futuristic-looking 9-volt battery, like the one Herod was fiddling with before. Remember that? The battery's only good for two or three jumps. This one's dead and I've been stranded. I can build a fresh one, but I can't do it here. My grandpa fixes stuff. Maybe he can help. Really? That's, that's great. Oh, <laughs> this is perfect. See, everything's working out. Yeah. <coughs> Glad it's going so well for you. Okay, everybody cozy? Oh, yes. Uh, we can't thank you enough for stopping. Oh, don't be silly. It's Christmas. What's uh, Christmas? Katie takes a beat to study the weirdo in the rear view. What's Christmas? It's as if he's never even seen a classic Rankin-Bass TV special or something. She turns the key and the car roars to life with unexpected pep. Unexpected, as in this car hasn't started like that in ten years. But she'll take it. Listen, don't thank me yet, because this heater is... The heater fan kicks in strong and loud. She feels the vent and smiles confusedly. Magically working. Okay. One day, I'm going to write a book about this place. Glass shields that rise up from the wall, invisible fire, and 
These iron wagons are miracles in themselves. Casper peruses the pocket behind Katie's seat and finds a plastic shopping bag full of long-forgotten gas station loot. Let's see, we've got one of those little tree air fresheners, a travel pack of moisturizer, and a handful of gold-wrapped chocolate coins. Casper opens one of the coins and takes a bite. Katie shifts the car into gear and happens to notice that her gas gauge is now showing a full tank. Everything okay, Mom? Huh. Yeah, um, we're good. We're really good. Somebody up there must like us. I guess anything is possible. Hm. No, 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 no. King Herod rummages through an equipment closet. He's backstage at the church and he finds a drawer full of batteries. Man, where are they? Herod's trying to jam batteries of all sizes into his time orb, but nothing fits. Come on, stupid piece of... What now? Herod crosses the room to inspect where the little sound is coming from. He fishes the time orb from the pile of scattered gear. It emits a weak blue glow as it beeps. Hello? He shakes it. What, you stupid ball? What? Enraged, he winds up to throw it again. Troubleshooting mode activated. Huh? What can I help you with? Herod freezes. He inspects the time orb cautiously. Um, I need a power source. Scanning area. No power source found. No, no, Are no. Are you an angel stranded in time? Um, sure. Would you like me to scan for alternative time travel technology nearby? Yes, I would. Scanning now. Please wait. He waits. He scratches some film off his teeth and itches the inside of his ear. Time orb found. Sweet. Let's do this, ball. He holds the ball out at arm's length. He spins around. Using the beeps as a guide, Herod exits the room. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hey everybody, it is Seth, the DM for Cheaper by the Dungeon, and we are a D&D 5th edition podcast. Uh, our whole deal for our campaign currently is kind of treasure hunter themed. Uh, the players Normandy, Zippy, and Darian are looking for a grand treasure. But at the same time, they'll probably screw it up and do whatever they want and become like farmers or something. Uh, either way, it'll be a fun time. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, which is like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any other ones I'm missing, which is probably a lot. But anyways, we just like to have fun, hang out, and uh, screw up my DMing and plans. So, so if you like that, tune in. Uh, we release every kind of other Tuesday, so hopefully uh, come in and check our show out. Thanks, everybody. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. A record spins lazily on a modern turntable atop a mantle in a warm and cozy family home that was last decorated in the 1990s. Merry Christmas! Katie, you're here. It's Christmas! Oh, wow. Uh, you brought the whole band. Kevin, that's Katie's dad, David's grandpa, emerges from the kitchen, wearing an apron and smiling ear to ear. He's a middle-class retiree, the kind of guy who loves towing you out of the snow with his truck. In fact, he did that for someone just that morning. Let me guess. You're on bass, and... Oh, you're the drummer. I can always pick out a drummer. I guess Mel does look like he'd be a drummer. Kevin ambushes his daughter with a hug. Hey, Dad. Hey, sorry about them. They needed some help, so... Yeah, yeah, don't be silly. It's Christmas and I've cooked too much anyway. No problem. Where's... Hey, big guy! You keeping your mom entertained? Best found the lake, and Mom almost hit John with the car. Yeah? 
That sounds about right. Kevin leads Katie in a dance to the Christmas music, and John inspects an old family photo hanging in the entry. He sees Kevin as a younger man with his late wife. She was a lovely woman, by the way. My baby's home! It's Christmas! Come on in, guys. He's just being dumb. Maybe Christmas isn't what you wish it was Decorations in the basement collecting dust You don't have the strength to pull the stockings out this year Your boss just cut the bonus, looks like you'll be staying at the kitchen table, John is building a high-tech power source out of a 9-volt battery. Before him sits a roll of solder wire, a kit of jeweler's tools, and a disassembled iPhone that he's using for parts. Kevin, that's Katie's dad, sets a few extra electrician tools before John, while Katie passes through carrying a hamper. As for the Magi, Casper listens intently while seated at the base of the turntable that's spinning a Christmas record. But I'll show your door gonna offer you more than a song to be sung I'm gonna offer you love more money can buy or a house full of lights I don't know where you found but baby Christmas maybe He's enamored with the sound, curiously thumbing the grooves on one of the other records. Stuffing the Magi's robes into the dryer, Kevin studies a piece of paper taped to the wall bearing laundry instructions in feminine handwriting. He kisses his fingers and taps the paper as he exits. Wearing ripped jeans and an in-sync t-shirt, clearly some leftover clothes from Katie's teenage years, Baz studies Katie's old room. She passes over ribbons and trophies from track competitions, a pink Game Boy Color sitting on a dresser, and a framed acceptance letter from NYU, unsure what any of it is. Smiling sadly, Baz lands on something she does understand, a collage made from pictures of teenage Katie with her high school friends. As an orphan and having been forced into Magi training at a young age, friends are something Baz never had. Laying on the floor now, eyes closed, Casper's completely lost in the dozen records scattered around him. By his side, David digs through a box of Super Nintendo games, Super Metroid, Donkey Kong Country, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, and Super Mario RPG. A skimpy but solid collection. Evidently, teenage Katie stuck to the classics. Who are we missing? Good old Mel, here he is. Mel is dressing himself in a pair of Kevin's overalls. He notices a magazine on a rack in the bathroom, though. What's it say? Hilarious holiday horoscopes, plus 10 tips to keep that bikini body all year long. He opens it up for a closer look. Oh boy. More than money can buy, more than these Christmas lights, I don't know. So, how you doing? You want to talk about it? 
Kevin tugs on a pull chain light and gets to work with Katie gathering groceries from a crowded basement pantry. I don't know what there is to talk about. Passing by the basement pantry door, Baz eavesdrops on their conversation without meaning to. Look, I did all I could and it wasn't enough. I wasn't enough and I just have to live with that. Baz takes interest in what she's hearing. I guess you could say the parallel to her own mission isn't lost on her. Look, I'm sure you and what's-his-name had something special once upon a time. But listen, you didn't screw this up. He did. He's the one who left. Katie sets down the groceries, focused now on holding back the emotions she's been smashing down for her son's sake. You did the best you could with what you had, and it just didn't pan out. It happens. And it's not your fault. But it is your fault if you just roll over now and let life steamroll you. What you do right now matters. It matters for you, and it matters for your son. I know it's scary, but you need to just take a breath, make a new plan when you're ready. Baz nods slowly. She's soaking up Grandpa's counsel for herself. I've been there many times. Trust me. Katie cracks a smile. And you can stay here as long as you need to. Okay? Thanks, Dad. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hey guys, this is Julia from the band Lightheart. If you're looking for new Christmas music to enjoy with friends and family this year, you can find our all-original full-length Christmas album at lightheartmusic.com. That's L-I-G-H-T-H-A-R-T music.com. Or on any streaming service such as Spotify or Apple Music. Thanks and have a Merry Christmas. Welcome back to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Sitting on the floor in a cozy den at the bottom of a short flight of stairs, David plays a Super Nintendo game called Turbo Quest 2. Fascinated, Casper and Mel watch him. This cozy room with floral brown wallpaper was host to many a high school sleepover years ago. Ugh, he got me again. Use the shield and speed up your reaction. Those spiky balls, they're just a distraction. Mm, okay. Did you mean to rhyme when you said that? It was pretty good. Why, thank you. Yes, I take great joy in finding rhymes in all things, my boy. You do it a lot, huh? I think that I shall never see a rhyme that can escape from me. You're pretty weird. But I like your beard. David swivels to Casper for approval and has met with a fist bump and commending nod. Here, you try. I think this'll work. You guys ready to go home or what? All the eyes stay trained on the screen. Good for another three trips at least. And not that we'll need that many. Guys? With you? <laughs> no way. An hour ago, you couldn't wait to get home. <laughs> What's going on? Huh? How about everything you told us was a lie? Mel stands, brandishing his horoscopes magazine. 2018 looks riveting with family and friends depending upon you for romantic advice. Sun's out, buns out. Teach your flat iron new tricks. Could he be faking it? Uh, don't read that last one. <laughs> you told us that we were special. But none of it is true. Unsure of what she's walking into, Baz descends the stairs. People look to the stars now. Not for science, but for entertainment. Everything that we've committed our lives to is total and complete meaninglessness. Hey, hey, hold on a second, buddy. Baz recovers the magazine from the floor. Get astrological horoscope predictions for your career in love life? 
What is this? I, I can I can explain. You said that there was a Messiah and he was to be called Jesus Christ. And it was our cosmic destiny to protect him. David crosses the room to a Christmas tree and digs for something at its base. Where is the Messiah? Oh, wait, there is no Messiah, no prophecy, no star in the sky. You sent us here against our will to find something that has never existed. I definitely didn't send you here. Let's get that straight right now. You were supposed to be scheduled maintenance in and out. All this mess you managed to do on your own, and now the history of Christmas is at stake. And there's that Christmas word again. Let me try. David approaches, carrying a miniaturized nativity scene featuring figurines of Mary, Joseph, Jesus, and three magi. He sits cross-legged and the others join him. You're trying to find baby Jesus, right? Wise men did come here from Orient land, walking on asphalt instead of on sand, dashing from cars and trudging through snow, looking to find what the prophets foretold. I think you guys are just confused. He turns the nativity scene to the Magi. At first they're not sure what to make of it, but Baz reads an inscription in a metal plate screwed to the tiny stable's front gable. On coming to the manger, the Magi saw the baby Jesus with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. See? That's you guys! He points to the Magi figurines in the nativity set. That one actually looks like Mel. Uh, didn't really get my nose right. You're the ones who started Christmas. Uh, give me a break. Listen to him. Crossing the room again, David grabs some wrapped gifts from under the tree. This tiny house, these dolls, this really happened? Yeah, it's all in the story. You're the reason everybody gets presents every year because you're supposed to give some to baby Jesus. David passes the presents to the Magi who marvel at the wrapping paper. Baz shakes one trying to determine what's inside. But we searched everywhere. The baby messiah is not here. He's just a little harder to find these days. John stands to his feet. I like this. I do. But time and space are tricky things. And if history doesn't unfold exactly how it's supposed to, then a lot of bad things happen. Following John, the others stand to their feet as well. Bad things? Yeah, not least of which is me getting demoted down to being a prayer clerk again. Let's go. Back to ancient Israel to stop King Herod. But Herod is here. <laughs> Very funny. Herod's here? In the middle of a gorgeous spread of Christmas food, Kevin carefully lowers a platter of turkey covered in bacon. Dad, this is your masterpiece. He's beaming with pride. We're leaving. Now! If Herod's here, that means he's seen the future and he's going to try to go back to the past and change things. And by change things, I mean murder baby Jesus. Following John, the Magi and David pour into the kitchen. Why should we trust you? Oh, what do you mean, why should you trust me? We're going back in time to find baby Jesus before Herod does. We have to leave now. You guys can't leave now. Dinner's almost ready. John loads the makeshift power source into his time orb and twists it a couple of times. The time orb lights up, ready to go, but the room falls silent. All eyes gape at John, so he decides to finally offer an explanation. Okay, Listen, you want to know what's going on? All your prayers ended up on my desk. John pivots suddenly to David, surprising everybody. What your dad 
did wasn't right and all you wanted was for your mom to have a good Christmas. That, well, that's true selflessness and it's a a big deal where I work. I had to do something about it. I, I had to do something for you. Katie looks on with utter confusion and David is equally stunned. My special op actually got approved, which is a miracle in itself, but I had to take on a second mission. John illustrates by pointing two fingers in the air. He points those fingers at Baz. Baz, you were getting restless, and we couldn't have you quit the Magi Order and alter history forever. Time anomalies like this happen every couple of millennia, and we angels pop in and fix them. Scheduled maintenance. Right. Extra mission meant an extra orb. Things went sideways, and suddenly the three Magi find themselves traveling through time, and I'm scrambling to pick up the pieces. Make sense? Sorry. Sorry. Just playing catch-up here. You're telling me... These are supposed to be the three magi from the Bible? Afraid so. Right. And you're what, some kind of angel? You trying to get your wings or something? Got them. Somebody ring a bell? Uh, They stopped making actual wings decades ago. Good thing, too. (laughs) I'm allergic to feathers. Right. Right. Well, uh, you got to stay current. Guys, look, uh, most days I hate my job. Uh, We make sure history never changes and it's stifling to say the least. But uh, we're not going to do that today. Today, we're going to change history. We're going to save it. Our meaningless lives had us feeling quite dim. Your plan is insane, but I like it. I'm in. I'm in too. Let's go get headed. Baz cranes over to Mel with a suspicious grin. What about the stars in the universe in the future being set in stone? A wise friend once told me that we should make our own future. Ah well, I'm glad that Baz and Mel are having such a touching moment because David's poor mom is over here in the corner looking like her brain's about to overheat. Hey, it's Katie, right? Hmm? I know this is a lot, but we're going to take care of it. Try not to freak out, okay? Katie nods slowly. She's freaking out. So, here's the plan. Hands up, tools. Herod, the great and chronically irritating, barges in through the front door. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Stay tuned for episode seven, where the three magi pursue the crazed King Herod back to ancient Israel, where he now has an army at his disposal to aid in his sinister plot. Magi and the Quest for Christmas was written and directed by Francois Goudreau, with Andrew Collins and John Austin contributing to the radio play and additional story by Julia Appleton and Jay Nielsen. Original score composed by Michael Patterson and original songs provided by the band Lightheart. The production featured the voice talent of three-time Emmy Award winner Cam Cornelius, Khadija Tula, John Barker, Jacob Goudreau, Julia Appleton, Jason John Stewart as the narrator, and me, Mike Lane. To hear Magi and the Quest for Christmas again, or to hear what you missed, head to magipodcast.com. Or you can also find the show on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening. Your life is far from meaningless.